0: Hey, this is JJ white whiteside of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards
1: Podcast. Fly, Eagles, fly. Eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Full Ten Yards Fantasy Podcast, and we are joined once again by myself, David Davenport, and James. James, how are you doing? Are you okay?
0: Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, another two games to go tonight, which will be interesting. But um, so far, very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird one, like you say, with the first. Well, the last couple of weeks anyway, we've had that two games coming out of the weekend to look forward to on the Monday night. Obviously, we had Tuesday night football last week and then a um, Monday night football. Well, it's not quite a doubleheader because they, uh, they do match up with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills kicking off at 10pm. And then the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys kicking off at the usual time of quarter past one. So plenty of fantasy matchups still in the air. So best of luck if you are. Waiting for either of those to win in my home league. I need Dalton Schultz to get less than 11.8 standard scoring fantasy points. So perfectly poised. So I'm going to have to stay up to watch that one just to just to see what goes on. But James, would you rather chase a lead or defend a lead headed into Monday night football?
0: Depends who I've got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really does. It's. Um... It's just one of those, I mean, if, if, if it really is a sort of razor wire thing, this could go either way. I'd rather be the one ahead because injuries happen and, you know, game scripts happen. Random things can happen during the game that mean that suddenly what looks quite plausible just goes out the window. But sometimes, you know, if you just have, if you have like your, say, best two or three players, which... Is happening with me in the fishbowl this week. I think I've got Mahomes, Singletary, and one other. I can't remember who it is at the moment. Uh, all due to play, but I've got about fifty or sixty to make up, which it's it's a long shot. Um, I'm not fa- I'm not favored, but it could happen. Mahomes is one of those people who you know, you could get you forty or fifty if you're lucky. So, you know, it's interesting because the two games have high scoring potential, which is what is making a lot of the sort of Monday Night Miracles. There's a lot more in the plausible category than on a normal week, I reckon.
1: It's definitely a strange one. And I think there'll be a lot of people with vested interest in both the matchups tonight. But we've just had a plethora of fantasy matchups over the weekend. Uh, We had 11 matchups yesterday and, of course, the Sunday Night Football matchup against the the 49ers against the Los Angeles Rams, which uh, I was very pleased to watch the first half before I I fell asleep, but uh, obviously we made it through to the very end. And as always on our Monday show, we will kick off with our fantasy MVP for the weekend. So, James, who have you got as your week six fantasy MVP?
0: Yeah, I'm not even going to go cute with this one. I'm just going to go for Derek Henry. You know, the it, there is not very often that I'll just put in the group chat and just put, you know, name of player, wow, and just leave it. And Derek Henry had one of those games, I think, this week. It was, you know, PPR games. He's one of those 40 plus point games from a running back, which you don't get very often. And it was a high scoring game both sides at it, hammer and tongs. And I think Derek Henry proved he is the biggest hammer of all of them. Um, It's funny how pre-season we were, you know, we signed, we matched it, he signed the contract to get, you know, the long-term one and we thought, ah, is that the incentive God? Is that the, you know, was that, if the the Titans made the right call here uh, at all. And, you know, some people were quite, you know, not low on Derek Henry, but they were saying, you know, is he really a first rounder? Is he really, you know, the fourth best running back, et cetera. And he is balling right now, effectively. He is proving quite a few people wrong. And he's sending quite a few defenders to the floor while he's doing it. (laughs) And I mean two real yeah two or three big plays. He has big play potential every week, but he just seems to have actually have more the most players it's, you know, the likelihood of a big play from him is just so much higher than anybody else. So he could even have a down week, but one play could put him, you know, as running back six. It's just been, you know, crazy landscape this year, but you know, 212 rushing yards plus 52 in the air from two catches and two touchdowns, including the, you know, that, uh, overtime is always a bit contentious because effectively you touch down and you walk off with the win without anyone else getting a chance and of course the Texans did you see the thing with yeah. um, Sean Watson, Watson yeah. when he lost the toss and you went oh it was <laughs> like, like you he, He knew, and when um, the commentary team picked up on that as well, or um, it might have been Scott Hanson, I can't remember as well, but when people picked up on that, it was like you knew exactly what was about to happen. And it did in style. I remember that happening with the Patriots the other year in the playoffs as well, where that overtime rule, it's contentious, but uh, the Titans did what they had to do and Derek Henry did nearly all of it.
1: So kudos to him. And just even going in the wildcat at the end, like it was the most obvious play call on the planet. Everyone in that state, well, everyone watching, knew what was going to happen, and yet you, you can't defend it. Like if if you get him in an open field, if, if he, he's a bloke that weighs well, over two hundred and forty pounds on his long touchdown run, he got over twenty one miles an hour. You are not tackling that. He's in nah. the he's in the secondary. He's he's we he- got DBs trying to tackle him. No chance.
0: He did fantastic. I mean, the the fact he had that like acceleration burst in the middle of the long run that was just like you know he he was, he was like yeah the defenders have a chance of catching him and then it was then like a second later, it was like no nope, they've got no chance of catching him here he's a fan of the gear. but yeah the wildcat at the end they they basically I mean to be fair the Titans played it well because even though it was obvious they the whole offensive line played it as though he was going to go right through the middle and then he just bounced to the outside mm. before he even got close. And, they, you know, the Texans had no answer for it. And, you know, as soon as you see Tannehill on the bottom, I was like, yeah, that's not happening. That's, Henry's running and everyone knew it. But even even when you knew it, I th- it was almost one of those points where it was so obvious that the Texans weren't thinking it was going to happen. <laughs> like like double, uh, the double bluff, shall we say. But, yeah. um guess the Titans look a dangerous team in general, both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, A.J. Brown back, and even with Johnny Smith uh, getting injured in that game, uh, Ferska steps up, and Ferska has a, a big monster game there as well. So, Tannehill, he's proven a lot of people wrong. Uh, he had a lot of hate coming out of out of Miami um, in his time there, but he's, he's fitting the Tennessee system well, where they're not reliant on him. They, they, they can lean on uh, Derek Henry, and then Tannehill does the rest. So, yeah, they nice. look really good
0: even when he signed his deal in this off season, people were saying, I don't think that's the right call. Or, you know, thinking, oh, we could probably, you know, that's a lot of money to spend on Ryan Tannehill. And he's now turning around. People are now sort of saying, is he actually a potential every week starter for a fantasy mm-hmm. team? now? Is he actually a almost weekly top 12? It's like, didn't didn't have this on the bingo card at the beginning of the year
1: no definitely not yeah so Derek Henry uh, completely agree with you there and he did actually get me 60 points in in one fantasy league because uh you got uh, I got a 10 point bonus for him. Going over the two hundred yard mark, yeah. and it was half a point per carry as well. And I'm still going to lose, so. <laughs> that what? Got off, so.
0: I remember. I remember one of the leagues I used to be in before I realised I had too many was there was actually where you got a quarter point per carry.
1: Yeah.
0: Which would which would have meant that would have been an extra five points on top, plus and you know. Would have been two 100-yard bonuses. I dread to think. I bet he would have been close to 80 in that. That league, <laughs> there.
1: okay, cool. So heading over to mine, and I have got Julio Jones. It was a monster day from him, and it was just one of those Julio Jones days. We we've not seen it. There's there's been talk. P- people saying he's washed. Calvin Ridley's obviously coming to the setup. Matt Ryan hasn't been. Who he said he was? But. It's the new coaching staff there in Atlanta against the Vikings team that aren't playing very well. And Julio did Julio Jones things. He ended up with 33.7 points in PPR leagues. That is wide receiver two, only behind somebody else in this game, Justin Jefferson, who did put up a big stat line in this one. But yeah, Julio had 10 targets, eight receptions, 137 yards and the two touchdowns, which... Yeah, he just looked really good, as if he's not had hamstring issue all season and uh, straight back into the lineup. It was vintage Julio. Uh, what do you think of Julio's performance in this one, James?
0: It was nice to have him back, and yeah, he's he was a hero for me in one or two games as well. There's it's just it's just so nice to have him back, in you know, it's how weird twenty twenty is. He had two touchdowns on the day and people are like, hang on, who they are sighting in the end zone. And it's like, how weird can 2020 be that he gets two in a game all of a sudden in a game (laughs) when Calvin Ridley is available, Hayden Hurst was available and the Falcons don't blow it as
1: well. Just, you know, it was like, you know, it was full 2020. I mean, they, they gave it the best shot. Like it was, it it turned out to just be garbage time for the, for the Vikings in the end, but they were putting points on the board and, It was just a moment where people are asking the question, will they, will they? And I think a better team would have done, to be honest.
0: Oh, potentially, yeah. There was there was every chance. There was we I mean we were joking in the group chat, um, me and Rob. So we were joking about, you know, is it printing money to half halftime with Atlanta ahead by about 24, they were offering nine to one on Minnesota to win. (laughs) We were like, I might fancy a little bit of that. (laughs) And then then within, within like, you know, two minutes of coming back from the restart, um, another touchdown for Atlanta and we were both like yeah we've lost that money
1: but yeah like I've already mentioned it was a big day as well for Justin Jefferson on the other side of the ball finishing as the wide receiver one with nine receptions 166 yards and two touchdowns even though a lot of it was in garbage time but garbage time still counts for fantasy purposes and it doesn't matter how they get it it all looks the same come the end of the week Uh, and I do want to bask a little bit in my glory because I said the start of this game He didn't score the most points, but I did say the start of this game would be young Kwaku, who got (laughs) a massive 20 points. I was going to give you the kudos for that, and then I saw what Brandon McManus did. Yeah, Brandon McManus had an even better day there. And um, I must laugh, I did see a a tweet that said, um, I think Brandon McManus has been the low-key MVP of this game. And somebody replied back saying, he's scored all the points. How can he be the low-key MVP? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so,
0: yeah that was, that was that was a weird game up to a point
1: <laughs> yeah a very weird one but we do digress slightly I'm sure we'll cover that game a little bit later James would you like to talk us through your honourable mention for the week
0: so again I'm not going to be too cute with this uh, I am going with Ronald Jones for Tampa Bay because Everyone, you know, very late on in the day, the they Fournette was ruled out. Everyone was, ex, he was expected to play, but have a limited role. And then last minute was downgraded to out. So people were like, oh, does this mean McCoy is going to get a bit more work than normal? No, Ronald Jones got nearly all of it and made the most of it against the Packers. Um, I mean, I was saying how the Packers secondary wasn't very good, and, but their run game was decent. And I clearly got that wrong um so 20 23 carries for 113 and two touchdowns adding two receptions for an extra eight yards just for ppr you know just just to stack pat the stats a little bit 26 plus points for most people and you know i mean it helps when you can get it to the goal line quite so frequently either through penalty or through arm Rodgers turnovers but he was able to play battering ram and was just running through the packers so easily um, another 100 yard rush. I think if I, if I remember hearing the stat right, that's three in a row, which is the first time since Doug Martin. Hmm. So, yeah. um, for all these years where we've been sort of waiting for a Ronald Jones breakout and never expecting it to happen. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they traded for Leonard Fournette, or oh, I say traded, picked him up, um, he seems to have just been another gear. And you know, even though we sort of were expecting it to be Evans and Godwin that benefited the most from Brady being there, it looks like it's Rojo that's actually coming up with it at the moment. And, um, well, considering he, I haven't been a few places on the cheap, long may that continue.
1: Yeah, everyone rushed to the waiver wire to pick up Leonard Funner after we had that big game where he broke off a couple of long touchdown runs. And, and and like I say, Rojo seems to be cast aside. I saw him dropped in a couple of leagues. So people will have gone, picked him back up again when Leonard Fournette has been battling with his ankle injury. And at the moment, I can't see Leonard Fournette coming back in and steal many carries at all off Rojo. He will he will come back in and steal carries because that, that's how backfields need to operate. Just we can't give the guy the ball every single every single down. But I think Rojo will be the guy there for, for certainly the foreseeable future and let's say great a great performance against that green bay packers defense and yeah long may that continue in a week that was really really poor for running backs i think there were three in the in the top 40 um fantasy points per player points scored for the week three only three were three were running backs uh, so yeah when
0: because when I do my research to write the um, the hype train station, um, you know, I'll, I always say I was complaining every week saying that you know running backs trying to find one that's worth picking up on the waiver wire is so hard, and honestly now I think I had to go down to, you know, at least into the twenties or thirties before there was a you know a guy who was owned in less than fifty percent of leagues. And even then, it was someone that I've already mentioned before. No uh, spoilers, you can go read the article when it comes out later or, t- <laughs> or tomorrow because I'm going to wait for the two hat games tonight to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, I think there's so few double-digit point scorers this week as well. It seemed to be that there's only about 12 of those um, in some leagues. So um, obviously, I mean, there's a slight issue of, Few by game, you know, a few teams on bye and two late games, so we've maybe not quite got as much data, but yeah, the the depth of you know fantasy relevant running backs is so thin.
1: Yeah, extremely thin. And in one of my leagues, I just I got uh, thirty odd points from Deshaun Watson, uh, twenty from Yonkweku, and then fifteen from Miami Dolphins, and just. I, I got practically nothing from, from running back and wide receiver. So, yeah, just a really weird week where you're relying on those those kind of points. So my honourable mention, and I say mention, I mean mentions because I'm going to cheat a little bit here and give it to two of them because they kind of fall into the same bracket. They were both waiver wire pickups this week. And how often do people scramble to the waiver wire to chase the points from last week for them to completely bust and uh, have single-digit scoring. However, both Travis Fulham and Chase Claypool. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for the chase. Anyway. You'd send it midway. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fantasy chasing to Chase Claypool. Um, I didn't even realise that, so um, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that worked out. Um, So, yeah, both of those, we scrambled to the waiver wire. we spent a lot of fab budget on these two this week. And they finished as the wide receiver seven and the wide receiver 11, um, respectively. So, Fulham, 19.5 points, uh, six catches, 75 yards and a touch off 10 targets. And Claypool, 18.1 points from uh, four receptions. 74 yards of four targets, and more interestingly, he had two carries for seven yards and a rushing touchdown from the from the goal line. So, uh, James, Steelers fan, you you would have seen this one. Impressed with Claypool again?
0: Yeah, I was. You say when I put him as the sort of number one pickup in the hype train, I was there was that element of please be right. Yeah, you know, fingers fingers crossed and everything. Um, and you know, to do to have a four touchdown game. Is pretty exceptional and gets you on people's radar to then follow it up with the performance he's done is starting to, you know, it wasn't a flash in the pan. This is genuine. This is superstar level. And um, it makes things very interesting, you know, for the rest of the roster, because, you know, Deontay Johnson was expected to be, you know, one of the next big things. And suddenly he appears to be, you know, fragile effectively with, you know, the amount of game time he's missed and Juju can go back to being the number two, but in this game, he he was barely used. I mean, you know, he's, he has the potential to be in our next segment, but um, I'm going to spare him that one. But um, yeah, that I think is going to be interesting. If Claypool starts dominating week on week, then that waiver wire pickup could could be a league
1: winner for a lot of teams. Yeah. And that's, that is the best thing about for me, uh, fab budget yeah. is the fact that you've got the ability to make that difference to your roster and you're not reliant on um, on the priority and how you've gone the week before. Because especially in those really tight leagues where you could be bottom one week and then top the next just because of how, how close the leagues are, it's just not the fairest way to do it. And if you're willing to spend big, fab budget on a player like Chase Claypool early in the season, who is going to be a big star for the rest of the season, then um, yeah, it, it's definitely the way to go forwards. But... It wasn't even that big a game from uh, from Ben Roethlisberger in a thirty eight seven victory. He only had one hundred and sixty two passing yards and one touchdown. Just the Steelers just cruised to victory here. Like they had the defensive touchdown, and um, they had uh, rushing touchdowns from from all over the show. It was um, just a dominating victory against the Cleveland Browns team that I think got a little bit carried away in the in the hype. Really, the uh, a few people. Got a bit put the accelerator too far down. Sorry, the throttle on the uh, on the on the high train there, and it ran away a little bit too fast. So it was you, the Browns are never going to go to Pittsburgh and, and, and come away from a win. It's just, like people say that Big Ben owns Ohio <laughs> with the uh, with the Bengals and the Browns. But yeah, great great performance from Trace Clay Paul, and and equally for for Fulham as well. He. He bounced it back. Like Carson Wentz needed someone to go to. It was a tough matchup for him against that Baltimore Ravens secondary. But he was targeted ten times. Only Zach Ertz was was targeting the same number of times on the team. And Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. We're not sure if they'll ever come back. It's they're, they're just hmm. on the on the injury report every single week. They're ruled out every single week. Um. Sorry, I don't want to actually badmouth Deshaun Jackson because we know that his mum will... <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that's, that's, that's a slippery slope.
1: <laughs> his, ...his mum will, will come at me on Twitter again. But, um, yeah, if Travis Fulham can be the guy there and when Jalen Rago gets back as well... Uh, I, I must laugh at the, uh, the J.J. Orsega-Whiteside touchdown in that Oh, one. God, yeah. <laughs> like, Miles Sanders' owners must have been cursing when he uh, fumb- ran all that way, fumbled the ball just outside the, uh, the end zone and then... Uh, JJ scoops in to, to get the touchdown. It was
0: like, what does so what does that count for for Sanse? And the answer was not a lot for anybody. I think a White side gets it as like a one yard carry or something. Or does it even go down in special teams? Because I was I was trying to flick through and I was like, well, to be honest, Sanders doesn't get the points, and I say Go White side or the DSD would get it. Yeah, right.
1: it was a Sega White. Like you got a big seventy-four yard carry from from Sanders. You, you got a lot of rushing yards on the carry, yeah. but um, yeah, the the touchdown went to to Whiteside. So um, but it goes to something like other or something ridiculous. Like it just gets literally classed as other because there's no way to to actually classify it on the on the apps. But uh, yeah, that was pretty fantasy irrelevant, Really, it was just it was just. A downfield blocker. It, it was great downfield blocking. To be fair to him, he uh, he made the space. I only found something. To, I mean, to be fair, I'm su- I was surprised a little bit
0: considering how fragile our Sega whiteside has been since he entered the league. I mean, I think he, he can only have played single-digit number of games because he he gets injured so easily. But um, he's had two season enders. But well, at least one. I think he was only a rookie last year, actually. But um, yeah, it's. Yeah, it, it was nice to sort of see him actually score points just for a change, considering he'd been one of those players that I'd actually, you know, snuck in in the last round, thinking, yeah, the Eagles are not going to start without Oshan Jeffrey, they've got not a lot on, and they're going to potentially miss Rago for a bit, so like, I was like, oh, that could be relevant. Yeah, that was wrong, <laughs> um, but um, we'll come back to the Eagles in a uh, future segment because you may hear quite a bit about those soon. <laughs>
1: And we flip over to the top busts, and is this what you're referring to, James? The top busts?
0: It is not actually. Oh. No, this is that is a different segment. Busts. I mean, to be fair, I have where, three options, and it's just trying to pick one.
1: Yeah, where do you start on this one? It's <laughs> whatever you say here. I've got, I've got another one. Like, you're yeah, this. I mean, to be
0: fair, every week this is the easiest segment, and it's like, well, which one do I want to talk about? Because they're all there. Um, to, to be honest. I'm, if we're, are we going to have two each this time? Yeah, let's go for it. Because I, I want to see if you pick the first one that I'm thinking of. So I'm going to go elsewhere. And I'm going to go for Odell Beckham, just as, as a bit more of a safer option. Because uh, two receptions for 25 yards, and that was it. Um, everyone knows the Steelers run defense is good. The passing defense isn't superb, but it's serviceable. And if you're against Baker Mayfield, then it's more than serviceable. Um, yeah, they've very much held him in check and you know he was sort of you know saying that he'd hope he'd be able to have a big game and you know show it to them, and you know. When it was all going wrong at the beginning, he was the one trying to G up the team, and by the end, he was arguing with all the fans in the stands, and being the bad role model that Odell Beckham normally is. So, um seen some great memes and emojis with the um, shall we say, poo emoji on his head, mm-hmm. which sort of sums it up, really. Quite aptly, but um, say, so they've got Cincinnati next week, and then the Raiders, so he has a chance of returning to relevance, but That Browns offence is run, 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 maybe pass. So, you know, Beckham and Landry are both sort of, shall we say, in the doghouse.
1: (laughs) Or the dog pound or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, uh, with Odell Beckham, I picked up the the injury piece this week with uh, Rob still being on paternal duties. Um, And I did recommend in that that you start Odell because uh, he was with the team and they would need to pass to win this one. I was correct. The uh, the Browns did need to, to pass to win this one, but, but they didn't. <laughs> the problem was
0: that Baker wasn't passing to his own team quite often. Yeah. They um, were missing in that game, I think, massively. Because Dearness Johnson did nothing, um, which is hardly surprising against the Steelers, but Kareem Hunt was still... Didn't look 100%, but without a tandem buddy and having to do all the work, he was just you know, going to get swamped,
1: and was. Yeah, and Baker benched at half-time. The, the, the Browns will put it down to injury, but he spoke after the game, and he said yeah. he was ready to go in. He, he, he wasn't very happy at all watching watching that post-game interview with him. And when they're bringing in Case Keenum, you, you've got to start to wonder, is, is Baker's time there drawing to an end? But look, the guy's got a rib injury, chest injury. He's going to be flinching. He's going to be, it's its painful. It is so painful. And we, we saw from Tyrod in the season how badly the injection went wrong for him. Um, he will be struggling and he won't be able to play as effectively as normal. And like you say, he did, he did throw those two picks. So I, I don't think this is it for Baker. I, I just think he needs to get healthy and get right because even if he isn't, physically suffering when he's throwing, he will be thinking about it subconsciously. Yeah. It will, will be adjusting himself because of it. Whether that's throwing the ball a little bit quickly or whether that's just not moving as, as well as normally, he will he, it will be affecting his game. But uh, yeah, poor day from, from Cleveland, full stop. And I did recommend starting Baker, um, Odell and Jarvis in this one as soon as they were all given the green light to go. But we win some, we lose some James. So I will go for my top bust and... Yeah, I could have gone for Kareem Hunt, might like say he um, he was he was a uh, big bust in this one, but I am going to go for Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay quarterback who scored 5.8 points, and yeah, it was a complete blowout against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got up early and they just they just kept on going. It was a great performance from Tampa Bay, but Aaron Rodgers threw what I believe was his third pick six in his career. In Raymond James. Um, And then within about two more plays, he he nearly threw his fourth as well. Um, He got intercepted again and and Tampa Bay almost returned that one back for a touchdown. And it got to the stage where Aaron Rodgers was benched for Tim Boyle just to just to see out the game because they didn't want him staying in there and getting hurt. So yeah. a very uncharacteristic game from Aaron Rodgers. He did have his top man uh, Devonte Adams back. He did manage the ten targets for six receptions and sixty-one yards. But MVS wasn't great. Uh, Tonyan hasn't been as good as he has been in the last few games. Uh, and then we've we've run out of Green Bay pass catchers. Obviously Aaron Jones is mm-hmm. always going to catch a few balls, but that, that's where they struggle. And there was no one to step up and help him there. And because they couldn't really get the run game going, it was it was difficult sledding for for Aaron Rodgers and. Yeah, Tampa Bay, it's a fantastic defence. These kind of games will happen. I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers. It was an away game um, and it will just slow down the hype a little bit with Green Bay and they will be able to now refocus, rethink and then move on to the next game. So I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers.
0: But Yeah,
1: he he certainly was a bust compared to uh, the weeks that he's had to start the season.
0: He's historically bad when coming off the bye week as well. I think that's four of the last five or five of the last six where he's lost the week after being on bye which is it's almost impossible to explain but it just seems to be a thing mm. but yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much into it it's just one of those days there were a lot of injuries for them as well to be honest Tonyan had missed quite a lot of the game mid you know mid middle part of the game through injury and then when they lost Brian Beagger was it Brian Belagerger who went off on the offensive line uh, Bakhtiari. David Bakhtari. Bakhtari. I offensive line that begin with B yeah um, <laughs> That's a yes category, category for anyone who plays that. But um, yeah, when they lost Bakhtiari, that was the point where they started thinking about pulling Rodgers and then obviously brought him out for Boyle later on. That's that's the one to keep an eye on. Because if Bakhtiari misses time, then um, yeah, that Green Bay offense, you know, the offensive line isn't quite as good and Rodgers isn't quite as secure. And I don't think he feels quite as happy without him there either. So um, that's one to keep an eye on.
1: So James, who is the other bust? Was did was it Aaron Rodgers have I stolen your thunder?
0: No, Aaron Rodgers was my was my was my sort of three was the backup in case you went for this one. But I am going for someone who scored a goose egg, and is someone who has particular you know shall we say history with us two. Uh, and indeed Rob I suppose, and that is <laughs> Mike Gisicki. Um, obviously, we mentioned a few weeks ago um, when Chris Robin was on the show about our trade, which was Mo Ali Cox for Mike Gesicki and Dawson Knox. And right now, I'm willing to call that trade a complete and utter wash because um, <laughs> uh, Mo Ali Cox has since been injured most of the time. You've had, um, and then you know Dawson Knox has been injured, but Mike Kisicki has been. Shall we say, well, put it this way, this time he had two targets and caught neither of them. Yet, if you put all the tight ends in Miami together, they <laughs> had two touchdowns. Adam Shaheen had three receptions, um, including one of them for a touchdown, and managed to get you know 14 points on the day. And then just to compound insult with injury for anyone else who owned Giziki, uh, Durham Smythe turned up with his first ever NH- NFL touchdown. Uh, on his, mm. you know, one reception on two targets. So kisiki there with a big fat nothing and two other tight ends in what was, quite frankly, a really plus matchup against the Jets. Yeah, that's, uh, it's getting interesting because Shaheen is, start, is, you know, it's two weeks in a row where he's got the touchdown. He's got, you know, more points, shall we say. Um, obviously, last week, kisiki had m- many more yards against the Niners, but um, yeah, that that offense is starting to get questionable, and now you may be throwing in the potential, you know, consideration of Tua in there. Um, don't expect Tua to take over, but it was nice to see him finally get his game. And you know, the the thing afterwards where he just sat in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the field, taking it all in, that he'd actually you know played his first snaps in the NFL. I mean, that was that was nice, but I still expect Fitzpatrick to be starting for the immediate term, because that was purely they were so far up ahead against the Jets that there, it was a no-loss situation. Yeah. Um, but it was it was nice to see all the same. But yeah, Gis- Gisicki is a, is a loss at this point. And he's, he's probably on a lot of people's do I drop him? And I don't know the answer to that, if I'm honest. It's, he's just going to be another one of those inconsistent tight ends like all of them. He'll have boom and bust weeks. But yeah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't be saying rush out and pick up Shaheen. He's the new guy. That's not the case.
1: Uh, no, and it was a similar flavour with Devontae Parker there as well. He, he could be considered a bit of a boss, but he picked up a, a groin injury uh, towards the end of the game. I think it was just one of those where it just wasn't worth putting him back out there. He was sat on the sideline. He looked absolutely fine. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him go again next week. But when you when you're up like that, it's just not worth putting your stars back in to to go out and and get banged up even more. So, yeah, disappointing day, and it just went really well for for Miami. And my absolute highlight of that was seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick at how happy he was that to. I, Fitzpatrick was the happiest guy in the stadium that Tua was taking his first steps. He was getting the crowd <laughs> going. the crowd up and everything. That yeah. was brilliant. He had the big smile on his face. And I think that just speaks volumes about both the characters of Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick, he knows full well what he is in this league and what he has been throughout his career. He's made a lot of money off it. He's had a lot of fun with it. And he's, he's in a situation now where he is just showing the young kid the ropes and he is just getting the team to a point where Tua can take over. He knows that. But yeah, Tua is—it's a very different situation than you've got in Green Bay, for example, with with Rodgers and Love to, to what we've got with Fitzpatrick and Tua. So to see Tua Fitzpatrick there was was really really great to see. Um, but yeah, Devontae Parker, uh, another shout out there in that one. And we go on to my second bust, and I am gonna go with Alexander Madison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just what happened there? Four fantasy four fantasy points and in a game that was billed that he was supposed to to run away with it and he was supposed to lead. And I think what we did see from this one, I know I know we've talked about this game previously, was the Vikings' reliance on the run game and the reliance on Darvin Cook, and there was those questions about why they'd paid him when, when they got the capable backup in, in Alexander Matteson But if the Vikings can't get that run going. Kirk Cousins is going to struggle to, to compete in those games and they, they got blown out by the Atlanta Falcons in the end and, and Matteson he, he got stuffed early and often and he he didn't continue that game through there so he it was just one of those trap games like fantasy analysts everywhere were screaming from the rooftops, start Alexander Matteson. He's he's a direct replacement for Dalvin Cook, he will score you 20 points but no we did not see that in this one and it's a it's a situation to monitor closely. I think we've got to to take Minnesota with a little bit of a pinch of salt moving forward throughout the season. We, we have got to do a little bit more analysis on the matchup and which which back back up which back is starting, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, Alia Alexander Madison, you've uh, you've let us down there in this one. Yeah. Okay, moving over to the waivers, and it's always a little bit of a uh, spoiler alert for the hype train. But James, what is, who is your top waiver pickup for this week, headed into week seven?
0: Haven't mentioned him for a few weeks, but it's coming. Dallas Goddard's coming back off IR, <laughs> I believe, <laughs> this week. And I, for one, am excited. Um, yeah, the high train's got a bit of a common theme this week, um, which is if your league has a lot of IR spots, you may not find it as useful. Um, because there are quite a few players that may come off IR this week, including Dallas Goddard and Jalen Rager. And the Eagles could really do with a tight end that is able to perform, unlike Ertz at the moment, and a wide receiver to effectively now back up Travis Fulgham mm. or you know, work in tandem as a 1A, 1B. So them two coming back could be quite timely, And if you don't get in this week, you may completely miss the train. So yeah, Dallas got a, I have to, I had to mention him and he had to be in there just because all the signs are pointing towards him being back this week. And if it's not this one, it'll be next week. And I mean, the Eagles haven't got, you know, a bad run of games coming up either where they could be quite useful. um, Yeah. Assets. Um, But if they are stashed away on people's IR slots, then granted, you'll have to read a little bit further into the article to find some other pretty decent gems. It's not a bad week unless, as said before, you need running backs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, please, 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 let's get some, just inject some running backs from somewhere because uh, we need some. And my top waiver pickup is Tim Patrick, the wide receiver in Denver. He's currently around the the 20% mark in ownership. And he's had back-to-back 100-yard games, uh, one either side of the bye week. And as the old saying goes, once is chance, twice is coincidence, and thrice is a pattern. So next week, all eyes will be on Tim Patrick to see. uh, Look back-to-back-to-back 100-yard to back to back, games is, is a remarkable feat for, for any wide receiver in this league. So I'm not suggesting that Tim Patrick is going to get a another 100-yard league, but if he can certainly top 50 and if he can certainly maintain the target share that he's been seeing in this offence, then I think that's when we can really start to treat this guy as, as a wide receiver three option in your, in your fantasy leagues. So yeah, Tim Patrick, if he can start to become the wide receiver two in the offence, because Jerry Judy's there, He will steal the top coverage. Obviously, he had Gilmore all over him yesterday, which which enabled Tim Patrick to go off that little bit. So if he can really flourish as that wide receiver two in the offence, it will help his fantasy performance. And he's seen no less than four targets this season. He's seen a total of 15 in the last two weeks. Drew Locke is back now, so he's been doing that with some... yeah, some questionable quarterbacks to say the least. So, yeah, I'm excited about the guy and I'm going to be re- keeping a real eye on him and, and picking up where, where I can because, yeah, it, it could be a big one for him this season. Uh, James, is he featured in the article tomorrow or?
0: He's in the sort of honourable mention section because, yeah, he it, it is noticeable how he is you know, getting the work done week on week regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, It's more of a necessity situation because I think Judy's still getting up to speed with well, both the league, the team, and generally his own health as well. But with Corton Sutton out, KJ Hamler missing, Patrick's had to pick up the slack, and he's done it in a very, very effective way. I mean, how he, he actually outscored Locke in fantasy points this week, <laughs> which I'm not 100% sure how you do that, but fair play to him. And um, yeah, he gets an honourable mention in this, definitely.
1: So yeah, the NFL hype train article will be released tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. And also on Wednesday, we will see the trading article by my good self. So James, do you want to take us off with uh, a trade for person that you are going to look to buy for this week?
0: I'm actually prepared for once. Um, So my trade for this week, I mean, granted, it's a little high level, but it's Keenan Allen. Because I've just got this feeling about the Chargers at the moment. Um, Justin Herbert's come in and looked really solid and I feel like the wins are coming and if you take a look at their next five games they've got Jacksonville, Denver, Vegas, Miami and the Jets which to me sounds like you know just points coming pretty much I mean Denver might be a little bit of a struggle but other than that I feel pretty comfortable and Keenan Allen is your PPR machine is going to get work and Considering, you know, people have been saying he's you know, not always reliable for getting a touchdown, it has to happen at some point during the season. And that stretch of games feels as good as any, potentially. Because after that, I mean, you're looking at people like Hunter Henry and Mike Williams, who, if fit, are also good trade fall candidates at the moment. It's, you know, most of that in total, really. Um, with Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson, the sort of, you know, passes to the running back aren't maybe as frequent and i think a little more of that target share is going to the likes of um, Allen and henry or at least it should do in these games so um i'm kind of all aboard with the charges at the moment so yeah i'm 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 intrigued about trying to grab keenan allen
1: and he did actually get his touchdown on the play where he got injured so, oh, yeah. week. so uh, he, did, he did get his touchdown. And for me, it is a similar flavour, but also a very different one from the touchdown perspective. And that is Mike Evans. And he's scored a touchdown in every single game so far this year. He had two in week three, but I think fantasy owners are still disappointed with his fantasy production, (laughs) which is one of those weird ones where, yeah, he's had a touchdown at least every single week in a reception, which is guaranteed 7.1 points if, he, if he's getting that in a week. So, yeah, don't be too disappointed with Mike Evans. But it, he's having a really weird fantasy season. In weeks one and three, he had the uh, three goal line touchdowns. He had a com- combined four yards, three touchdowns, on three receptions in, in those two yeah. weeks. And then in weeks two and four, he had seven receptions in each 104 yards and 122 yards uh, respectively, and a touchdown in each. So he's he's having some really weird games. Mike Evans is a guy that can run. He's he's known as being your, your deep field uh, threat, but but that when you've got Jamie Winston throwing your ball, he's going to be a very different receiver to what he is when you've got Tom Brady throwing the ball. So Evans can run every route on the on the tree. He is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he he's got. One of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen, if not the best quarterback, depending on on who you ask. So there are fantasy owners that are disappointed with him, but Especially he's after this week. Yeah, like yeah, go go and get him go and get him because there's a chance and he's going to be good now for for another 10 years he's he's still surprisingly young and uh, whoever comes in after Brady Mike Evans will still be a very good receiving option there for, for years to come so in your dynasty leagues go and get him for the long run and even to close out the season because he is a phenomenal football player and James who are you ridding your roster of?
0: This is going to be controversial, and I, I admit I've brought this up on the show before, but I'm sort of saying it a little louder. This is time I'm trying to jettison some of the Ravens, <clears throat> and I'm kind of going to include the whole offense in that category, apart from Mark Andrews. Um, say their run coming up; they're on bye this week, so obviously you know you're getting no points from them this week. Then afterwards, it's Pittsburgh. Indianapolis, New England, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. Not a great lineup. I think the window to sell Mark Ingram has gone, and I think he's now a drop candidate. And if you haven't already, I think you know it's purely because he's better than what's on your waiver wire, and your trade value for him is probably very minimal. You're almost better picking up a promising tight end or wide receiver and then making a trade with that piece um jk dobbins might still have some value and some people might think well this is the beginning of the ascent for dobbins but with that run of games coming if someone is of that opinion i'd be finding them and making a trade with them right now um and when it comes to lamar obviously a lot of his you know pro is from the running game and he had obviously a really good game this week but those games coming up do not work favorably for him in my eyes um and especially considering he's struggling at the moment with the receivers with, you know, the likes of Marquise Brown and everybody. And Mark Andrews actually had a bad game this week. He was another potential bust of the week candidate. Yeah. So that offense doesn't seem to be the powerhouse it was last year. And you know, while they still have, you know, you still have, you know, last season in your head, it may be worth trying to trade them away while you can, because it could be a good while before, you know, you're feeling comfortable plugging them in again. So, yeah, even Lamar, it's one time where if you can make a big trade and trade away Lamar and get, you know, a, you know what feels like a lesser quarterback, but it's potentially much more valuable and another piece back, you could find yourself looking smart for the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, very much so. And similarly to you, this is a drum that I have beat on this podcast before. And we have got another week of him. And please don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the player, but it is Will Fuller. He cannot stay healthy. He has not completed a full NFL season yet in four attempts. Uh, He did manage 14 games in in his first season, but uh, 11 has been his high since then. And I just can't help but feel like it's a ticking time bomb. And now he there's trade rumors surrounding him and Brandon Cooks there in, in Houston. So they're trying to get back some of the draft picks that, that Bill O'Brien uh, <laughs> gave away. Um, yeah. they're, try- they're trying to get some of those draft picks back in the, in the new regime and it has been rumored that Brandon Cooks and will fall at the top of the list. The landing spots could be anywhere there's no guarantee that the Will Fuller is going to go in and be the, the favourite target like he is for, for Deshaun Watson. And there is no doubt in the guy's football talent. He's had a touchdown in three consecutive games now. Uh, he's seen the targets, but he's either a trade, he's, it's only a matter of time before we have a trade or an injury from him. And I hate to bank on an injury because that is not how we should play fantasy football. But with some players like Will Fuller, it is part and parcel. And I'm certainly grateful that we've had six well five if you exclude the ravens game i'm certainly grateful that we've had five decent weeks from him and i want to to really i think it's a prime definition of a, a seller high candidate now and if he does go for the rest of the season good on him and then we can look forward to, to 2021 but i'm skeptical i don't think that will happen and now is the time to to maximize his, his trade value so while we talk of injuries Nice little segue there. Uh, we'll just have a quick recap of the, the week, six, week six injuries. And it wasn't as disastrous as we've seen from other weeks. So Mark Ingram suffered an ankle injury and was ruled out against the Eagles. So it'd be interesting one to monitor there. We, we have just mentioned the Eagles and that timeshare with Dobbins. So um, it could be a chance yeah. for Dobbins to step up and get a, a little bit more
0: work. That's part of the reason why I'm saying trading now. Because people are going to think he's going to take off with Ingram now fully out. And I don't think the matchups line up to that being a possibility. So you can sell someone the dream and then leave them up the river without the <laughs> paddle.
1: <laughs>
0: Which is the way to it's the way to kind of feel like you're doing well in fantasy trades. But yeah. you know. Uh,
1: David Bactiari, as you've already mentioned, James, the left tackle for the Green Bay Packers. Now normally we won't talk about offensive line, but he's such a key Player on that offensive line, uh, especially on Aaron Rodgers' blind side, that that is certainly one to look out for over the next few weeks. Uh, Devontae Parker, again, we've already mentioned, left the game with a groin injury, but I think that was more precautionary because of the situation more than anything. But, of course, we need to, to look out for it. Uh, Antonio Gandhi golden ruled out with a hamstring injury. He's not been the fantasy player that we perhaps tipped him to be at the start of the season, but um, still, he, he could be out for a couple of weeks now. Tyler Eifert injured his neck again. Just this is what I can't understand about some some football teams. Like he left the game last week with a neck injury. Guy's clearly not fit. We, he, what's the point in putting him in? He, uh, so he's, he's re-injured his neck. Not that you were playing with Tyler
0: Eifert. Yeah.
1: Be, you're not playing for fantasy at the moment anyway, especially with James see um doing what he's doing. Uh, yeah. Miles Sanders was ruled out against the Ravens with a knee injury now this is a very interesting one to look at because knee injury could be could be a few weeks so uh head to the waivers uh pick up Boston Scott he's going to be a temporary fill-in for for Miles Sanders if Miles Sanders misses any time but I'm just having nightmares about <laughs> that two-point conversion attempt with uh with Boston Scott and, and Carson Wentz what on earth was that did you see it James?
0: Yeah, there were. I think effectively it was. I want it. No, I want it. No, I want it. Which, when you're trying to get a two point conversion to stay in the game, was um, not what you wanted. It was just a terrible miscommunication, and then. Yeah, in the end, nobody had it. It was just yeah, it, was. it was such an anti-climax after the comeback.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a read option without any reading or without taking either option. It was um it, it wasn't great. <laughs> nice. Nice. But um also ruled out that game was tight, end Zach Ertz with his ankle, uh, which only goes to help the the Dallas Goddard pick up.
0: The Goddard train, it's it's a thing. <laughs>
1: And then finally, Raheem Mostert was ruled out of the second half of last night's game with an ankle injury. Now, it was his knee that uh, that kept him out a little bit earlier on in the season, but certainly one to watch for. And Jarrett McKinnon will be back in our lives if Mostert misses any time. So McKinnon and Mostert can't seemingly seem to survive in the same backfield at the moment. But if Mostert does miss time, go and pick up McKinnon everywhere that you can. Okay, that is the injuries. That is week six done, and we will now just have a quick look forward to Thursday. Well, hopefully, we'll get Thursday night football. We've we've certainly got some build, but it it's not <laughs> the best. <laughs> well, it's I suppose oh, it's a yeah. um, it's a title race this one. The uh, one and yeah. five New York Giants are travelling to the one and four and one Philadelphia Eagles in. Yeah, somebody's somebody's going to get two wins if the uh, if the Cowboys don't win tonight, then. Surely this the winner of this will top the division. Unless I'm getting my wrong. What from.
0: a world we live in. 2020 people. Now now you watch this now be a tie.
1: <laughs> well the <Be> Eagles. One,
0: <laughs> and then we go into next week with the one and four and two Eagles. Wow.
1: Uh, actually, no. Sorry, the Cowboys have already got two wins, so uh, they, they would they would move ahead oh, to yeah. them. But the Eagles, the Eagles would top of the division uh, because because of their tie. So, yeah, football is an incredible sport, and that is reliant on the Cowboys losing tonight. But uh, yeah, the Giants and the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, currently seventy percent favorites to win this one. Uh, Daniel Jones showed his athleticism on yesterday. He, uh, he had a 40-yard-yard scamper that he managed to hit, I think it was about 20.6 miles per hour on.
0: So... He is their leading rusher now, Barkley's out, remember? <laughs> they haven't got anyone else particular. Well, okay, Devonta Freeman, but he still had more rushing yards than any of them. It's the only part of his game that seem he seems comfortable with at the moment. But um, anyway, sorry, my phone just buzzed, and I was like, breaking news. Miles Sanders did definitely miss Thursday night football with his knee injury. And Zachert's to be expected out three to four weeks. So this is the point where I am watching that that um, you know in, injured reserve designation to see if Goddard comes back because that's a plug and play if he comes. If it, if they delay it another week, then all of a sudden you know you could see people fancying the Giants to win just because that's your top running back, your top tight end missing. There's actually um, a thing going around on Twitter at the moment um, where someone's taken the sort of you know starting lineup, the depth chart for the Eagles, and crossed off every player that's out injured, and um, it works out. I think in terms of starters, it's Carson Wentz and Jason Kelsey at center, and that's it. Or now that Ertz is down, every single first option is now gone. And most of the second options are now gone. I have to, try and, I have to find it and retweet it on um, my hype train handle. But, um, yeah, it's it's incredible. We joked a few weeks ago about um, Denver having no team. Well, the Eagles' offense, it's it's already on plan C. Um, so they'll be hoping that, you know, Rago and Goddard are ready to go because at the moment, Carson Wentz is quite literally it.
1: Yikes. But yeah, fantasy options in that game are very, very slim. Eagles have been great against the rush, so I'm not wanting to start Freeman. Daniel Jones, we can't trust him. I think Darius Slayton's going to get uh, blanked by Slay. Darius Slay will get uh, blanketed by Darius Slayton, which will be a, a fun one. <laughs> um, I think Fulham's a decent start in this one. To be fair, uh, moving on, yeah, like I say, definitely. without without Ertz or Sanders, he's going to get more coverage, more attention. So. A really tricky one, and Thursday night football is really excelling itself this year. It, we say this every week; they just keep on finding this, this matchup. And we had have, we have the Chiefs and the Bills, and we had that taken away from us. So, <laughs> 2020, yeah. welcome to it. But yeah, we look forward to that one and into week seven as well. of
0: so a- breaking news: there's another one that's cropped up, saying that uh, the Panthers are now working remotely because they've had a potential positive. Hack. So the Panthers Saints now is the first game this week that goes in the, oh, that's questionable category. So it, it, it won't go away, even though we managed to get every game on the slate this week. Next week, we're back to the old confusion of will it, won't it. But yeah, Pan- Panthers have had a potential positive and our working from home. So uh, that one against the Saints suddenly becomes a bit uh, interesting.
1: And then, as well, obviously they played Chicago yesterday, so they're gonna to have to start asking questions about that. But they're not playing until Monday night football against the LA Rams next week. So, um, it is next week, though the the week of the year where all football is an hour earlier because of the clocks. Oh gosh, so, yeah, um, it's the five o'clock starts next week, and uh, it means that prime time is just that one hour earlier for us. So we're uh, probably the best best week in the year for us fans here in the UK, but. That is enough for today. We will see you later on in the week for more of an in depth analysis into the week seven matchups. Keep your eyes peeled for the Twitter tomorrow at F10Y Fantasy, where the NFL hype train will be going up. Then we've got the trades in the week. And of course, into the weekend, we'll have the starts, sits, rankings, injuries, DFS content, etc. So, James, where can we find you on Twitter? As always, look for me at NFL hype train. Toot toot. Toot toot indeed. And I've been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at davf underscore F10Y. Uh, head over to iTunes, give us a review, give us some feedback. We would love to see it and we'll see you later in the week. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website, ww.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled.